I sat through a class a number of years ago. I don't mind telling you it was a school bus driving class. I did some sub-bus driving probably some 15 or 20 years ago, somewhere in there. And uh, myself and another fellow that was a pastor also was in that class. And the instructor, he uh, went around the room and asked us, all to uh, to share, you know, who we were and a little bit of our background. And, of course, I shared that I was a pastor. The other fellow shared that he was a pastor. And when we got through going around the room, the instructor said, I, I will tell you all right now, he said, the two that will have the biggest struggle in this room being a bus driver are the two preachers because they are impatient. And he said, they're used to going, going, going. And sometime when you're driving the bus, he said, you've got to learn to slow down and take your time, he said. And preachers struggle with being bus drivers. Well, uh, whether that be true or not, I don't know. But I do know I am used to going. You probably are too. So it's hard for me to slow down, but yet it's been good for me to slow down in some ways. Uh, because I have, uh, I have indulged myself, uh, over these past two weeks in some tremendous preaching and teaching and, um, and just basically having some downtime. Uh, I told Sarah, I said, it's amazing the lack of miles that I have put on my vehicle in the last few days. Uh, and, uh, unfortunately that comes at the time when gas prices are really, really cheap. But, uh, but that's okay. So, so slowing down is hard for us. Uh, it's difficult. Last night I was speaking with my son. He's a police officer. And he works night shift. And, and he said, you know, he said, yeah, he's, he's assuming 35 years old. And he said, Dad, he said, I can remember when there wasn't a, the stores open all night. He said, I can remember when no older than I am when Walmart wasn't open 24 hours and around the clock. He said, he said, now people are going all stroking out. They're going all to pieces about stores closing at nine o'clock. He said it just blows my mind, and uh, I guess it's we we get accustomed to the culture that we're in, and then when things begin to change, it's difficult for us. But anyway, hopefully you got your scripture turned there to First Peter chapter one. Before we read from the Word of God, I want us to pray this morning. Uh, we've got a, a lot of prayer requests that have been shared. Uh, on the Facebook page and uh, through phone calls, text messages. And we want to remember all of those prayer requests. Wednesday night we did several, um, we did several uh, prayers for uh, small business owners, self-employed people. We want to continue to be, uh, uh, have a concerted effort in praying for those needs, very important needs. This Wednesday night I want to target our prayer focus on those working in the medical field, those doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and uh, nursing home uh, staff, because that is a difficult time as well. And I want us to put a prayer focus as well on those working in the medical field. So if you'll keep that in mind and share those requests as we work towards Wednesday uh, evening uh, in this coming week. We'll be praying about those. But let's go to prayer now and just believe God just to minister and meet every need. Fathers, we come to you. We just love on you. We bless you. We praise you. I thank you, Lord, that you are our present help in times of trouble. Lord, you are with us. 
Lord, I remember that old song my friend used to sing. Everywhere I go, the Lord is always with me. And certainly you are. Jesus, you are with us. You are abiding in us. Your presence is among us. And God, we are never alone. So we thank you for that. I pray that you'll meet all the needs, all of the family needs, all of the business, all of the employment needs, Lord, that have been uh, shared with us this week. God, I'm praying that you will just touch, bless, work, and minister in every one of those circumstances. God, I'm praying this morning that you, Lord God, will continue to work in those healthcare workers, those that are, that are, that are driving trucks and delivering merchandise and keeping the stores stocked. Those who are working, Lord, in pharmacies and retail, Lord, to keep those, uh, businesses that are deemed essential, keeping them open so we may go about our lives and, and have the supplies that we need. God, we pray that you'll minister to every one of those. And I pray for those, Lord, that have been diagnosed. I pray for the ones in, uh, up the road here in Tazewell County. I pray for here in Mercer County and Wick County. Bland County, Lord, I just pray that you'll minister and you'll bless and you'll touch and heal every one of those people, Lord, that have been diagnosed. But Lord, we're, we're, we're of the notion there's probably some that maybe have this virus that haven't even been to the doctor. I'm asking God that you will touch them, bless them, heal them as well. And Lord, I pray protection over the families. Especially the elderly, those that are vulnerable, those who have been through treatments and, and have medical conditions that would cause them to be vulnerable. Protect them and watch out over them. In Jesus' name we pray. And we ask that, Lord, that you would bless us through the power of your word today as we give you glory and praise and honor. Amen and amen. It's First Peter chapter 1, verses 3 through 7, and then I'm going to read just one single passage which uh, is the 13th verse. And I'm pulling this from a couple different versions of Scripture. The first is the uh, New uh, American Standard Bible. But I want you to listen what Peter writes to us. Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to His great mercy has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to obtain an inheritance which is imperishable and undefiled and will not fade away, reserved in heaven for you who are protected by the power of God through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. This is the essence of of what I want to come to you with this morning, though, found in verse 6. In this you greatly rejoice, even though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been distressed by various trials. So that the proof of your faith being found more precious than gold, which is perishable, even though tested by fire, may be found, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Then I want you to go down into the 13th verse, and you'll find there in the New American Standard, it says, Therefore, prepare your minds for action. If you're reading the King James Version, it says this. It says, Therefore, gird up the loins of your mind. 
Then keep sober in spirit, fix your hope completely on the grace to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. So prepare your minds or gird up the loins of your mind for action. I want to, I want to speak to you for just a few moments with a thought of tucking in your robe. Now, uh, I can remember a number of years ago, uh, I had a, a, a robe that I would wear around the house. That's been lots and lots of years ago. And, uh, they, I guess they used to be more popular than they are now. You would see them in TV shows and what have you. Um, I don't particularly wear one now. And being Pentecostals as we are, I, uh, typically I do not wear a cleric robe. Uh, you know, they look nice in, on certain occasions and things like that, but I've never wore the collar, I've never wore a robe. Uh, it's great if that's fit your uh, culture and your custom and, and you like that. Like that. Uh, but it's just not typical in the Pentecostal realm. So we, we find ourselves uh, in routines, we find ourselves in functions, we find ourselves given over to culture wherein that, um, that w- and we become adapted to that. We, we like that. We become used to that and, and that's what we expect and that's what we want to occur. So what we end up to in, a, in our routines or our daily life when that gets broken, it really messes with us. It really does. It, it really, it really, we, we don't adapt well to change. And seemingly the older we get, and, and I'm not, when I say the older we get, I'm not even talking about, you know, they say that's the post-50 thing. Uh, I'm not talking about just post-50 years. I'm talking about the older we get even as we uh, get into our 30s. We find that, uh, we find that we, we get in a routine and even children get in a routine and they like that routine. It's what they expect and what they anticipate. Even if it's nap time, which many children resist, they fight against it. Uh, if it gets changed up, they don't like it. So we find that business as usual, our daily lives are sometimes interrupted. And in fact, what we read, what Peter said, he says that when we find ourselves uh, being tried, that we are in distress, even if it's just for a little while. It interrupts our daily life. It interrupts our routine. Now, when we think about Peter and the era that he wrote this and the time that Peter is describing, men typically wore tunics. That goes back to the robe. A tunic is sort of a robe. A tunic is, it, it was the culture of the time. And it, it, it was their routine to, for the men to wear that. But what would happen is, there, the, even though they wore the tunic, there were times that, that they had to change the routine, so to speak. There was circumstances there would be circumstances that would change. There were circumstances that would, would come to pass and, and they would have to address it. And some of those circumstances may be when they were going out into the fields to work. Maybe they were going out to, to tend to the sheep. Maybe you had a, a sheep that had, had fallen over the cliff or maybe you had a, a sheep that were caught, was caught up in the, the briar thicket in the bramble, so to speak. And, and what they would do would typically, they would take the tunic 
And as the, the tunic would be draped around them, at least below the knees, most likely ankle length, they would take the tunic and they would pull it up and then they would tuck it in a belt, most likely made out of rope, and they would tuck the tunic in their belt. And they would tuck that tunic in their belt because it would not impede them being able to do what they needed to do, whether that was helping a poor lost sheep, or whether it was going out in the fields, or it could be like David or a, or Elijah. It could be them running into battle. It could be that the tunic had to be was tucked in. Even we find while battle was going on historically and biblically, we find it common for the tunic to be tucked in the belt while men were in battle. You see, the purpose of this is to avoid being slowed down. You know, and even though, yes, our life is slowed down right now, we're spending more time at home, we're eating more meals at home, we're, we're doing more things around the house. So life has, has slowed down tremendously. The one thing that we need to be aware of, though, is even though life has slowed down, we can't afford to slow down or to become relaxed in our experience with God. Now, in that, there's probably, uh, uh, actually, I read something this just past week in the last few days that said that there, there is more alarm about the circumstance that we're in right now than there was when the 9-11 tragedy occurred. Hopefully there are more people praying. Hopefully there are more people reading their word. Hopefully there's more people that are becoming more sincere and solidifying their walk with God. You know, sometimes trials and tribulations have a way of doing that. And and, and when we go back to verse 6, what Peter said, he said... In this you greatly rejoice, even though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been distressed by various trials. We have been distressed. We're still distressed. We may be distressed a few days longer, but in reality, if distress will push us closer into the presence of God, it is actually for our spiritual benefit. Now, we may not like the financial uh, ramifications, we not, might, might not like uh, being in lockdown. We may not like not being able to go here or there or wherever we're at, uh, wherever we want to go. Those things are uncomfortable. They're out of custom. But if necessary, to push us towards the cross of Christ, if necessary, to push us into the presence of Christ, God let us take advantage of this time. Tuck in, tuck in the tunic, tuck in the robe. Because when we have the robe tucked in, it also, if you would, forbids us or at least aids in us not getting tripped up. When the, when Elijah, when and David, when they ran into battle, they had their their, their tunic was tucked in. They had girded up. That's what girded up your loins mean. The covering of their loins was girded up. They're, they're, they, they, they were ready to run. There was, they, they were ready to, to run into battle and not be hindered and not let anything to slow them down or to trip them up. And I believe God's calling us to that. 
I, I said in my, my drive time video this morning, some of you may or may not have watched it, I said, I hope you're missing church. And I really do mean that. I'm missing church. Now, when I say church, I'm talking about the assembly of my family, my church family. I look back, I'm looking towards an iPad right now, and, and I'm trusting there's several, many of you behind that iPad. You're on the other side. I'm thinking about EV radio, Extreme Voice Radio, and there's many maybe listening right now or will be listening later in the week. And that's good. It's comforting to know that we're connecting with people. But when I look out here and, and, and in front of me I see an iPad and I see my wife and, and behind me I see four people that have come to lead us in worship this morning. But the rest of this room, it's, it's just... It's just a hollow room. It's just a vacant room. And there's a tremendous echo in this room this morning because there's not bodies in this room. It makes me sad. It, it, it does grieve me. I grieve not being here with all of our church family and, and, and with, with those people around this community that I connect with so many days out of the week. I miss not communing and connecting with them. But I realize I must keep pressing in and pressing on. We we can't let go. We can't get up. So, yes, I hope we do miss church. I hope you're missing church. But at the same time, we are still being the church. And it's an opportunity for us to gird up our loins, tuck it in. We've got to run. We're called to run now as never before. And the place of preparation, the place of preparation, I want you to gather that this is going to happen in our mind. That's what the 13th verse says. First Peter 1 and 13, he said, Therefore prepare your minds, or gird up the loins of your mind. You see, the girding of loins for us, and understand, I'm not saying that, that, that our, our faith, our, our faith is just a, 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 a mental occurrence in, in, I think our faith is, is, is a mental occurrence. It's a heart occurrence. It is a, also a physical occurrence. But I think we have to prepare ourselves, prepare ourselves in faith. Faith that occurs in the, the logic of, of our being, in our minds. We, we, we gird up our loins and we prepare our minds for action. And, and we keep, we remain sober in the spirit. So as we gird up the loose ends, you see, the, the tunic was the loose end. It was the, it was the part of the, the robe that extended from the thighs on down. That was the loose end. That was the flowing end. Gird up the loose end of our minds. So while we're going through this right now, who knows how many days it's going to last. Hopefully it will be over in a few days. Uh, you know, we're talking here before we went live and we're talking, it, it could be, it could be days. It could be a few more weeks. You know, some people are even talk months. I, I know, I, I've heard of some events that are already out into June that are being already postponed. And, and there's certain things that have been canceled that are, there are large significant events and there's amusement parks that are not opening up. There's all, uh, there's all kind of things happening all around us. But as we go forward, we don't know how long this is going to last, but whether again it's days, months, Maybe just a few weeks, we gird up our minds. We tie up the loose ends of our minds. And what, let me, let me elaborate on that for just a few moments, and then we're going to come back and worship in another song. But I remember when I was a kid back in the 70s, I remember a commercial, and if I remember it correctly, it had this little, like, tiger on it, or a lion, or a tiger, or something like that. 
And in that commercial of the 70s, the theme of that commercial was, you are what you eat. It was a healthy eating commercial. Uh, there was actually a movie put out, uh, I think with that title of, in 1968, but it all goes back to a, to a, a, a writing of, 19, of 1826 that was written by a French author and, and, and the, uh, the basis of his writing was, that if you want to know what a person's health is like, he said, just observe what they eat. And uh, we know that's still true today, you know. And I, I, I can't preach on healthy eating habits because I'm not good at it, okay? But when we think about that basis of we are what we eat, that proves true for our body. But I believe that also proves true for our spirit. What we consume in our spirit, and especially right now, we're going, we're going through a difficult time. Now, some of the older generation, the oldest generation that we have, my dad's one of those uh, people. He'll be 90 in a few weeks or a few months. You know, he was born at the end of the Depression. He was born in 1930. Uh, I, I saw... Uh, a guy hold up a sign that was in a, in a funeral home over in Virginia and he, this old fella had a funeral sign up and they had took his picture. He said, I was born in a depression. I lived through three wars. I'm not scared. Actually it said, I ain't scared of no corona. And that may not be lo- that may not be using good logic or good common sense. I don't know, but, but I mean, if I was, if I was 90 years old, I could, you know, you know what? What are you going to fear at ninety years old, other than God Himself? But when we find ourselves going through this, we are fearful. Many of most of us have never been through this like that generation, that oldest generation, those those people in their eighties and nineties. Maybe you do, you have seen something like this with the polio epidemic or or some other occurrence with the one of the world wars that we went through. Um, but this is strange. This is unusual. We've never seen this before. But I think as we proceed and we go forward in this time, what I'm urging you to do this morning is gird up the loins of your mind. Tuck in your tunic of your mind. I think more than ever before, we should be attentive to what we indulge ourselves in, not just physically, not just food, I, I can tell you this, you know, Sarah and Sarah and I got on the motorcycle and we took a ride to Mount Airy and I have North Carolina and I've never ridden a motorcycle through a drive through But we hadn't had Chick-fil-A in three weeks. So we rode to Chick-fil-A and rode the motorcycle through the drive through And we bought two combos. And uh, we found a little park bench, and we pulled the motorcycle over, and we sat on that little park bench, and we ate our Chick-fil-A. It was wonderful. It was wonderful. It was, you know, I don't know, I know the manna, according to Scripture, the manna was like a, a, a tiny flake or a white seed, but sometimes I have to wonder if manna wasn't Chick-fil-A. But, but that's, that's another message in itself. But we do need to be careful what we consume spiritually. Uh, right now, the other night, I, I, put, I put a social media post. I, I turned on the news one night this past week. 
it had only gotten into the news, just the local news, six o'clock news, maybe five minutes. I think it actually was seven minutes. And I just said, I, I've had enough of this. I, I, you know, on, on every turn, every paper you pick up, every TV channel you turn on, every, uh, every thing you look at on your, on our, our devices, every social media, every, every news alert you get on your device, if you're like me, it's, it's something concerning the circumstances. Now listen, I, I think it's good to know that and have an awareness of what's going on around us, but at the same time, I think we can be overwhelmed with all the negative news that's coming forth. You see, I, I did some calculations. I get a report, quite frankly, I get a report. Uh, I don't know how I actually started getting it, but I get a report from uh, Johns Hopkins every morning. And this morning, according to some of the reports, the mortality rate in America to, to up to midnight last night comes up to about 1.7% through the coronavirus. Now, that's bad. Anytime anyone loses their life, it's bad. Don't misunderstand me at all. But at the same time, I'm hearing about all of these people, the people that have lost their life. I'm not hearing about the 98.3% that have survived the virus. Praise God for those that, that have survived. Those are being healed. Praise God for the, 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 the help, the ventilators, the machines, the, the staff. Praise God for all of the good things amidst the tragedy that are happening. So, I want to gird up my mind. Gird up the loins of my mind. I want to tuck it in. I want to be, I don't want anything to be tripping me up. I don't want to be overwhelmed with, with all of the negative side of the news. And, and for every positive, there is a negative. I understand that. But for every negative, there is a positive. I want to begin to focus on the good news. What God is doing. And even in the midst of plague and tragedy, God is still working. He's touching bodies. There are testimonies of healing that are coming forth out of all this. That's what I want to focus on, and I hope you do too. So, as we go through this week, tuck in your robe, begin to turn your focus to the things that will bring glory and honor to God. We're going to go back to worship one more song, and I didn't... Uh, every once in a while, I may recommend a song to to the to Pam for the praise team, but I just I just let her. I just said, give us something encouraging, something uplifting, and for today. And uh, she picked out these three songs. The last one, of course, you've already heard too. This last one, though, how fitting for the word that I had this morning, because this song goes back to a miracle that happened. In the Old Testament, when a family was given a child, and that child died later on, and the prophet of God, the man of God, came back and stretched himself out upon that young boy, that young boy which was the promise of God, and that boy arose from the dead. But through it all, the Shunammite mother had one thing, that she stayed positive on, no matter who asked her what, she said, it is well. So, worship with us. 
as we do this last song, it is well.